you And when I defang the viper Trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere Jeff, I already put you out I don't even know why you're out here right now Keep on talking Hey, hey, hey do me a favor Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting And you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group And Mustafa, you out here A boy among men And I'm gonna tell you what you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Afis, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to talk about AEW All Elite Wrestling in this episode of Dynamite. Um, yeah, this was a, well, this is the last episode of Dynamite for 2019. Yep. Um, they're going to come the back. Of the decade. Yeah, this is the last one. They are coming back on January 1st. They're going to have a couple big matches coming up then. But uh, this week or this uh, year, they ended things off with a tag team championship matchup. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's let's actually go in order and talk about how they started the show off, which was also with a tag team matchup. Um, They had the Lucha Brothers going against Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. Mm -hmm. Now, we haven't discussed... This dynamic, you know, in in a little bit since it started, actually, but um, they've kind of started developing an interesting storyline between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, where they haven't been kind of seeing eye to eye during yeah. their, their matchups. I think um, even Adam Hangman Page actually exited out of the elite group as well. Like he said, he's not part of the elite anymore. Which so OK, so I'm glad you brought that up, because um, what I I feel like they they missed an opportunity here. Like I know that they they pride themselves on their you know uh, YouTube channel and um, uh, their their what is it called AEW Dark on mm-hmm. YouTube. Yep. And I feel like that this 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 issue that they've had it kind of has been boiling over on on the social media um, yeah. side of things for them, mm-hmm. and, but not really on the main show, which makes it kind of hard to follow along and, and, and really like, like feel like I'm getting the entirety of the story. Exactly. In in one way it's cool. Like it's like there's this, all this content and that's awesome. But I feel like a major plot point needs to happen on the show versus just happening on social media. And then, you know, we like, like Tony Schiavone and and Jim Ross keep talking about that. Like, Oh, just telegraphing the story and like, hold on, what did I miss? Yeah, like, did I miss this on an episode? I feel like I've seen everything. Like, what's going on? You know, so I don't know. I just, I feel like that they, that was a little bit of a misstep in having that happen kind of, quote unquote, off screen. Um, so, well, yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on that? I, I, that's what I thought, too. Like, what was it, last week, I, I believe, when they did tag up again? Yeah. And and you had Excalibur, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone just basically telegraphing the story, letting you know what's going on in the background on yeah. on, on on those shows on YouTube, on Be the Elite. Yeah. And uh AEW Dark. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I don't have a lot of time. 
Right. And, you know, especially the casual friend, if the casual friend, you expect the casual friend to do a deep dive, like, oh, I'm going to go be the elite or AW Dark to see what else is going on. Probably not, man. So you definitely got to orchestrate this story and bring it to the limelight. Yeah. And, and also, too, again, that you brought up the casual fan. I don't think the casual fan would really even get that they were ever like what the elite actually is like. Who's that? Who who was part of the right? Yeah. Like you would have to have been following them from Japan to really know what was going on and like ROH and just all the different indie shows that they do like to know that Hangman Page was ever in the elite. Um, I did not know that for for a while there. Um, it wasn't until I think it was um, a little after the matchup that he had with Jericho at All Out that I found out he was a part of the elite because I had seen a video of him with uh, the Young Bucks in a, at a like a house show or an indie show, and they were all together. And I'm like, oh wow, he's in the elite too. Okay, that's cool. Um, but I didn't get like the camaraderie that they had to really appreciate the fact that now they're having issues. Like that's that's missing for me. Um, but just taking it for what it is, I am kind of enjoying seeing the story play out for what it is on TV. I just feel like it could be a lot stronger if they would have maybe did a better job setting up their friendship first, their yeah. their team, because they'd never even tag tagged up with each other on Dynamite before until they had already started having issues. So yeah, it's just like I, I feel like. This could have been handled better. It's good the for what it is. It's enjoyable, yeah. but I feel like they're missing the, that that like developmental part. You know, the, I think the it's build. a slight misstep because they can easily do some you know gorilla backstage or just a promo you know behind the curtains, just showing them, just showing a little dissension between yeah. the, in the group. Yeah, like you know, you see Adam Hamman Page just frustrated with losing, and he take it out on his friends. Yeah. But I guess the the part that I'm missing is it's like I don't even really see them as friends to begin with, you know. Like I wish they would have shown them as a team more first. Like, so spend, you, do you watch the YouTube show Be the Elite? Not regularly. No, I may see like a little bit of it, like a little clip or okay. You know, but I've never like sat and watched like an entire episode of it and just watched it. No. Yeah, because there you you can see the friendship. You know, between Adam Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody, you see the friendship right there. Uh, but they, you know, but I get your point, though. They definitely don't, you know, uh, it, it doesn't resonate on on the AEW main show, though. Right. It's like the the inner circle. We see a lot of them on on TV. So you, you're starting to get the dynamics of how you, each member of the inner circle is is uh, well, like what their role is and and how they relate to each other and all that, um, you know the Lucha Brothers like we we see it man like they they just have so much chemistry they are they are family you know like we get that um, even SCU to a point I feel like we've gotten more from them with like how they you know relied on Scorpio Sky after Christopher Daniels got taken out and then you know the just the the respect that they have for each other you know you see it more with them on screen it's, it's played out pretty well um, yes. but those two you know with kenny omega and, and uh adam hangman page if you're only watching the show you knew them as single stars you knew that kenny omega and and uh the young bucks were were uh, you know close because they had done some uh three uh six-man tag matches together and we've seen that a couple of times but 
Hangman Page and and Kenny Omega they hadn't really interacted at all on TV until they tagged up. I think it was last week. Last week, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then they were like, you know, they didn't high five or Kenny Omega tried to high five uh, Hangman Page, and then he didn't do it, and you, you would just be like. Okay, right. Like, what's going on here? That's like, weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like they won, right? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So it, it's I just like it's a misstep. I think it's a misstep in telling the story. And and to your point, if they would have just done some video packages, even just to show us during the, the the episodes, like how they are in the back and just some of the dissension, you know, and tell that story a little bit more in detail that way, it could have helped. I see. That's the issue with AEW is they don't tell the background stories like you don't like on, on for example the women's division you know mm-hmm. you you don't really get to see the the background like uh who, who's the champ on the women's side I forget her name Rio. Uh, right rio like i still don't know her background because i haven't seen like a promo uh you know about her so only time i seen her was when they did with her her teacher Mm-hmm. And they did a promo, and they did a promo video about her, and then then they talked about you know their dynamic together, but not the story between like Ryu and what type of history she has with uh, Kenny Omega, anything like that. Yeah, the, it's it's um, it's like they expect you to already know mm-hmm. who these people are from the indie scene. Oh yeah, and then oh they, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because because a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what when Cody Rose got jumped and Excalibur was like, "It's the blade," and Jim Ross was like, "Who? Huh?" Yeah, exactly. and he was like, "The butcher, the butcher." He was like, "The what?" And the crowd, and the crowd was dead. I didn't know who those people was. I was I just like know. nonchalant. I'm like, "Who are these people?" He was like, "The bunny, the blade, the butcher, the bunny." He was like, "The the blade, the butcher, the three bees." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think that's the issue. They just expect you to know these guys, like yeah, man, yeah. Which you know they're they're catering to a hardcore audience. Which I I pride myself in you know watching a whole lot of wrestling, and still I didn't know who who these guys were. And so like it, I I just I felt you feel left out. Like oh, man, I, yeah. I, why do I not like? Is there something I, I messed up? Like I should let me try to watch some right. stuff and find out who these guys are. <laughs> but I think you know you also got to think, man. The really casual fans, they'll just be like, "Oh man, I don't really care. I'm not going to go look these guys up if they're not going to tell me who they are. Then I just that's it. I'm not going to I'm not going to give a shit." So um, yeah, I, I just think they need to do a better job of of setting these things up and and. Throw out the indies at this point. You you can't really rely on people to to know who these people are from the indie scene from Japan. Treat it like this is the first time we're seeing them. Exactly. This is national TV. You yes. reach out to a national TV audience, so a general audience, not like a you know a a, a specific you know hardcore right. type. Because that's just a suspect. You yeah. know, oh, they're gonna know the blade, the blade, the butcher, or anything like that. Yeah. You know, but no, it's you got to treat it as like everybody's new to this exactly exactly so yeah i think they could do a much better job of that and then uh yeah just 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 telling these stories with 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 more detail just building these stories up a little bit better i I think they they got some work to do there for sure they definitely do um yeah and this matchup overall um i think uh it's it's the whole story was basically around, you know, the relationship between Kenny Omega and Adam Adam Page. 
um, for uh, the Lucha Brothers. I've been real upset for them recently because I think they they were ranked. They were saying they were ranked fourth now on in their uh, power rankings. Yeah, which to me, like it just like how are, is this team not just number one like forever at this point? You know, until they get this title shot because it, it just I don't I don't see how the Young Bucks kind of just leapfrog them. You know, with not really having done much, and the Lucha Brothers, I think they lost one match to the Best Friends, and all of a sudden they all were sudden it's right. They go down what four spots? Four spots? Like that. <laughs> no, no, it just it didn't make any sense to it me. Did. It did. It really did. I was like, how the hell do you you go down four spots for losing one match? No, no, that that's just it's just it. The rankings, it's cool, but if you don't. If it doesn't, if it's, the logic starts to fall apart, then it, it actually is going to make things worse that they have rankings because you just can't nonchalantly just kind of make these rankings up as you go either. Like if you're going to have them, like make sure it makes sense because we all see the Lucha Brothers are the best tag team. Period. Yes. and that they have. Yes, you can make an argument for the Young Bucks to be like kind of right there with them, but you also have to honor those win loss records. If you're going to have them there and say, hey, you know, look at what the what the Lucha Brothers do, man. Like they, they've been beating everybody and can, and in great fashion. They look great while they're doing it. Like at worst, they're going to be ranked second, you know, and maybe you put another team ahead of them if they lose that one match. But for it to have been the Young Bucks who had been they, they had been losing matches like left and right before they they finally beat uh, who they, they beat up. Uh, uh, Proud and powerful, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was last week. And that uh, Texas street fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to be number one contenders, all of us. I don't know. It just, I, I, I don't. I don't see how you beating Santana and it gets you the leapfrog for her, uh, a championship. Man. Yeah, yeah. It just. It just seems weird. It seems weird. Um, so yeah, just they, they've got some work to do with with all of that. Um, and I'm curious to see what this this win here because they ended up. Uh, winning the matchup against Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Page, um, so now are they going to be ranked number one again? You know, after this week, well, because that it just seems like that's that's what happens. Like a team will win a match, you know, and if if just depending on what else is happening in that division, there's drastic changes that'll happen all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. don't be surprised if if Lucha Brothers are ranked one, you know, after after this, which I think they should be anyway but to go from one to four and then back to one it's like how do these rankings actually work um so yeah so i got the rankings right now okay so since the lucha bros won they're they're ranked number four they're still ranked number four yes best best friends is three santana ortiz two young books one yeah just throw those rankings out dark order five what that's and what kills me is I'm looking at the records right now. Dark Order's three and two, and Santana Ortiz is three and two. What's, what what's, in the, the, what's, the, what's the best friends record? Or not the best friends, the no, yeah, best friends. What's their record? Four and three. They're four and three? Yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? I, you I, know what? Maybe that's another thing. AW Dark? That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like, and I, I I guess it it counts, but it, it's not the main show, so I don't know. Like, 
all of a sudden their record is so good because I can't outside of that that win over the Lucha Brothers. I don't think I've seen them win. Like like Orange Cassidy is great, you know what I'm saying? He's hilarious, but like I, I don't I don't think they've really done anything short of that one like shock upset of the Lucha Brothers. Same here, man. Like this. I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around this. How the hell they're doing rankings? Because I'm just befuddled right now by the Centeno Ortiz having the same record as Dark Order, but yet Dark Order is ranked fifth. Yeah. Yeah. That social media hate is getting to them. They're like, yeah, let's go ahead and and keep them in, at the bottom. So yeah. Dark Order is getting love though. Oh, it's, oh, it's sure. happening. It's getting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. The little, uh, it, the, the distortion on the screen, yep. and then it sh- they shut uh, <laughs> up. Yeah. I was like, yep, here we go. The, the, fa- the uh, those those haters are really going to hate now. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> get it. All over this Car Street Wrestling, we want that smoke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag Dark Order. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm oh, all man. about it. Yeah, man. I'm all about the dark order, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on these rankings just to see. Maybe we can finally figure out a pattern after after looking at it for a while. But right now, it just seems very random. It just doesn't really, really make sense yeah. to me. For tag team, it seems random because I remember we was trying to figure out, like, how the hell they're doing the rankings for tag teams because it seems like in the singles men's division or the women's, it seems like it's it's about right. That's true. That's true. I mean, now I do have a gripe with the women's also, though, because I feel like they've named three number one contenders at different times that have not actually gotten title matchups. You know, like it, it just it seems like they're they're they will name a number one contender. Yeah. And then that number one contender will end up losing a matchup before they get a title shot. And then they're not number one contender anymore. But I'm like, if you're going to name a number one contender. Where's Riho and let her, you know, defend the title and then beat that person. And then we can move on to another thing versus continuing to have these number one contender matches. And then Riho is just not doing anything. And then then you get another number one contender. It's like, can we like what? I don't know. It just seems very that also seems random as well. The the women's contendership, like how they how they're deciding that. Because even this week we had it, we had it happen again. Now we have another new con- number one contender. Um, yeah, they had Chris, Chris Statlander. Statlander going against Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander won. Um, I, I think that she has talent. I think she could be very good. I think she still needs some work in terms of developing her overall. But I do like what I see, and I feel like I'm not mad at the fact that she beat Britt Baker. It was, it was. A little bit shocking, but you could kind of see it coming because you know she had won a, the the match. Uh, I don't think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, um, she had also she had won a match there. Akaru Shida, right? Right. Who? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, which she was the number one contender um, last, and I thought she was getting ready to go against Riho, but then that didn't happen, and now we have a new number one contender. So yeah, I just I don't know. I, I wish they would just kind of. Slow it down. Let um, let uh, Hikaru Shida have fought Riho again because they had fought actually at double or nothing to decide who was going to fight, um, who was going to wrestle for that first. Uh, you mean all out? 
Was it all out of du- no? At double or nothing is when they faced off against each other. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. For okay, you were yeah, to, because it was one on one with the two of them, and then they had the casino battle royale yeah. to see who was going to be their opponent. Um, so they fought each other before they there was a belt before there was a champion, um, and now it's kind of it felt like it was setting up for a rematch between the two of them, but this time for the title, and then now we have another new number one contender. I just you know. I feel like, man, I really wanted to see that matchup. I really wanted to see what Hikaru Shida would do. And I thought they were setting her up. Just like we talked about before, we thought they were building up Britt Baker. And then it didn't happen. And then now it was Shida, and then that didn't happen. So now we're we're at this new number one contender. We'll see where, what they do yeah. with this, but I don't know. And I'm looking at the rankings from women. So Britt Baker is currently one. Chris Statlander, two. Hikaru Shida, three. Nyla Rose, four. Emi Sakura, five. Wait, they 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 don't have Chris Statlander number one? No, and it should it should have been updated because they Maybe. updated every Friday. Right. Are you and you're looking at their Twitter? I'm on the website, allelitewrestling.com. Oh. Oh, they have it on the website now? Yeah. Because I I saw a post where they said that they're gonna be updating it on Twitter. Well, let me go to Twitter and that could be the issue. Let's see. Rankings, Twitter. Yeah, because I thought. Let's see. Um, yeah, because I thought that they were going to, like, every week, that would be the main place that they would update their rankings, which I, it would be much better if they did that on um, on their website, because that would just be so much easier to find versus trying to scroll through their, their Twitter yeah. feed. Because even now, I'm, that's to what I'm, doing. I'm trying to scroll back. Yeah, on I'm, to look. Scroll back. I'm like, that's a lot. It's going to go straight to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they. It, it's a work in progress for them, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing this on their on their Twitter at all. Maybe they switched it up and now they're just putting it on their website. But that doesn't sound updated. That sounds like it's it's previous to this number one contendership matchup because Chris Statlander should be number one. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't see yeah, this at all. Yeah, man. I don't see the updates. I'm looking no. for it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it. Unless... Well, they got some kinks to work out then. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. But as far as I'm concerned, Chris Atlander is one right now because they they made the number one contendership matchup. She won, so that's it. And Britt Baker needs to be moved down. Um, and then we, you know, they go from there. But um, I guess what what is what is your take outside of the rankings? Let's take let's throw the rankings out for a second. Okay. And go back to the the women's division for for AEW. Because, you know, we talked about the WWE women's division. We've been critical of AEW's women's div- women's division. Um, what's your thoughts right now? Do you think they've made some some steps in the right direction with, with that? Or are there, does it still feel like it's lacking? Like, it still feels like it's lacking. Because, you know, they, they what they do, like one, one women's match per episode. Yeah. I, I really don't see multiple women's matches. That's what I'm used to on the WWE side. You know, uh, it still feels uh, it still feels a bit lacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I, I'll say I feel like there's been a little bit of uh, they are making strides in my opinion. Chris Statlander is a new face that they're they they have added to the to their ranks overall. 
that's very talented. I think her character still needs a little bit of work, but I think it's going to be characters like her. Um, they need more of more Chris Statlanders in that division, basically, to me, because um, like Britt Baker is there. She's got that that superstar potential. Um, you know, I, like I said, Chris Statlander for sure. Riho, I feel like I'm not I'm not there with her. I don't really consider her uh, uh, that superstar potential. Me either. Um, man. I think yeah, she's I, just been very quiet. Right. And she has she's just not been on the show. It just it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Like she just she's champion, but we don't see her. We see Jericho every week and in multiple segments. Yes. You know, but with Riho, it's like, is is she okay? Like is like where is she at? She she was there, but she was just sitting in the crowd watching the number one women's contendership between Chris Statlander and Britt Baker. But that was it. That's all you saw were her in the crowd just watching the two ladies go at it. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's she like I said there there's work to be done with her for sure. Yeah. Um, Hikaru Shida, I also like her. Also, I think that she has a good presence. Um, she actually has been busier than Riho recently, and I just I think that you know between her, Chris Statlander, and Britt Baker, those three you know have have something. They can they should keep developing them. And I think that that could be a nice core to to build around. Um, I like Big talk- Swole though, man. Yeah, Big Swole was cool. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I saw her in her debut. Um, you know, I think uh, she has the charisma. She's very athletic. Oh hell yeah! You know, she's she still feels a little green a little bit when it comes to the the choreography of a match and just making everything look smooth. But her her personality, she has has a great big personality um, for wrestling. That's just it's going to be perfect. You know, she just needs to keep working on the overall. Um, but yeah, man, I I really loved seeing her in the in the Mae Young Classic. I was surprised that WWE let her go. Um, you know, that's that's um, Cedric's uh, Cedric wife. Alexander's wife. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I just feel like it just made sense for WWE to keep her around, you know, maybe keep her in NXT. Uh, but, you know, they, they let her go. So good for AEW to pick her up because she's a she's a nice talent. Got a bright future for sure. Ah, hell yeah, man. Uh, let me ask you this. So if if you wanted to write the ship for AEW Women's Division yeah. and you wanted to start having, you know, pillars like your foundations, which ladies would you pick out of the AEW Women's Roster? Well, I, what I was gonna say is I'm contacting Ember Moon immediately <laughs> from WWE. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I'm like, they are they do not respect you, and they, I don't know. Like, I guess she's I think she's injured now, but even when she was healthy, she wasn't being done right. So I'd be trying to steal Ember Moon immediately. Is what would <laughs> be my first step. Um, but no, within. Uh, the current AEW women's roster, who would I be building around? Um, I mean, we talked about Britt Baker. I feel like that just makes sense. You know, like that's someone that the crowd really just seems to to care for and, and want to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like she's got in the it factor for sure. Um, beyond her, though, um, it's tough. I, you know what? I think... Awesome Kong makes a whole lot of sense. Mm. Like she is, she has the name recognition. She does. She's very 
dominant, you know, like you 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 see her and immediately it's like, oh shit, like this is about to this person's about to get destroyed. And so immediately whatever face is going against her, there's that adversity. Um, you know, there's that underdog factor. So it makes for an interesting matchup for any face going against her. The storyline that they've got going on where, you know, Brandy and her are, you know, trying to recruit people now. You know, you're starting to build a faction. Nightmare um, Collective. Yeah. I think there's, there's cool real. Name. Yeah. It's, it, they've got an interesting thing going on. So I feel like that's another person as J, because I don't think, I don't think you put the belt on Brandy, but you put it on, on Awesome Kong for sure. And Brandy's like the mastermind, you know, the person yeah. in charge. Like and she's management too, so she doesn't need the belt. Um, but yeah, Awesome Kong or Britt Baker, and then um, I think Hikaru Shida. Honestly, you know, I, I would love to see see her do do more, but I, I think her even over Riho, you know, just seems to have also that it factor a little bit. I like her wrestling. I like her charisma in the ring. Um, you know, I think her matches have been more believable than Riho's. You know, Riho's just like she's so tiny. I just I don't know. I don't buy it. But with her ninety pounds, yeah, I just it just it just doesn't seem like realistic. It's the champion of the women's division. Uh, when you it, got powerhouses like Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong, right, right. Even Chris Statlander, she's she's a powerhouse. Yeah, like what is what is Riho gonna do? To these people, like for real, you, you just don't buy it when you see her mashed up with these people. And I think you could tell some interesting underdog stories with a small, small, smaller competitor. Um, so I, I understand that aspect, but it's also there's also got to be some logic too. And it, without the story part of it, mm-hmm. just looking at it as a fight, these don't make sense. Yeah. But if you build a compelling story to where I care about her, then. You know, I'm willing to suspend my belief more because I want to see her win because I'm invested in her character. Right? They're not doing that right now. No, because I still know nothing about her. Like, why should I care about her? AEW. Right, because Kenny Omega says you should. (laughs) 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 It's the only reason at this point is because Kenny Omega is like, yes, yes, Riho. She is. She is the 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 main you know woman right now, and you know. It's not enough. Yeah, and he's, enough. he's definitely running that women's division because they showed a behind-the-scenes clip of him offering a contract to Big Swole. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, no confirm. He definitely runs that division that is under his tutelage. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's – they've got work to do. They've got work to do. They need to get on the phone with – some more women and, and add to the roster, you know, and try to really build some superstars. If anything, you know? I, you know, when WWE getting ready to do, when they get ready to do, they make classic. Mm-hmm. AEW should be paying attention. Yes. You know, like, yeah. man, pay attention. You know, that's, that's scouting right there. Cause they're not going to sign everybody, but you'll get to see what can work. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, that um, like a Tony Storm, for instance, if she's not in in a long term contract with WWE and NXT UK, that's another person, too, that I feel like they should be looking at because like Rhea Ripley, you know, has gotten a lot of love. And, you know, I think Tony Storm is kind of like floundering a, a little bit right now. Yeah. So. 
you know that that's another person who's got that star appeal, that potential superstar uh, vibe to her that really could work. You know, with um, you know with AEW. So that would be a hell of a steal as well. If you could steal Ember Moon and Tony Storm and put them on AEW, dude, you instantly just leveled up your women's division. Instantly. Yes. 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 And and I'm, I would be if I'm Cody, I am trying everything to convince them like look, they they do not I'd be like Triple H talking to, to Kevin Owens basically. Like, you know, they really don't, you know, respect you or want you here. Look what they're doing, you know, like, and with Tony Storm, like she was already doing big things all over the world on the indie scene. She, she is very similar to all of these AEW stars. Yes. You know, so I could see her, you know, if, if WWE and Triple H on the NXT side doesn't try to make that effort to, to, to focus on her again. There could be an opportunity for for the for AEW to jump in there and say, hey, you know, like we'll give you a shot for sure. So yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, man, I think that's a great point right there. Like they they should be making a, a case, you know, like you know, using that Triple H uh, a strategy right there. You know, like, hey, they don't want you, right? But look at look at the way they book you. Look at what they did to Ember Moon. You know, right. they gave you, you know, you thought you was gonna get this underdog story, but at the end of the pay per view, you still got pinned by Bailey. what's up with that (laughs) man so yeah man but it's it's a work in progress i think um you know kenny he's got some work to do for sure yeah uh we'll we'll see what he does i think just just like you said once if they do another may young classic they need to be looking and scouting just as hard as triple h is and just like okay you're not gonna sign this person all right we're gonna sign we'll sign him right yeah it's free agency right there. Exactly. Exactly. So cool, cool. All right, let's let's uh move on to Jungle Boy and talk about him a little bit. Jungle All Boy right. versus Chris Jericho. <laughs> Why don't you take us through this? What what were your thoughts on on this whole matchup, how it came about and, and its conclusion? All right, so first of all, man, dude, Chris Jericho is a showman. Cause when they did that picture in picture, my man had cue cards. Well, Sammy Guevara was holding up cue cards so you can read what he was trying to say. He, was, he I think one of the cue cards said, TNT, TNT think we're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Only Chris Jericho could think out of this outside the box, man. Like, you're no picture in picture, and you know we can't hear you, but you, you're going to be able to read. And it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is just hilarious, man. This is one of the many reasons why I love Chris Jericho, man. He's just a great showman, man. Uh, but, you know, Jungle Boy, I, I like how they did that promo uh, with, uh, what was it, Tony Schiavone or JR? Yeah, I think it was uh, Tony Schiavone. Okay, when he had sit, sit down in the ring, talking in about the- his dad, talking about, you know, if he, if he can beat. Chris Jericho. Yeah, I think that was Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did it's like usually, that. It's, it's usually Tony Schiavone that does all these interviews. Now, yeah, yeah. Like. It, and I, I love that interview right there. You know, it, it definitely uh, made him feel more personal. Talking about the, you know, how the death of his dad, you know, talking about the the two 
entities of Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, the legend and Chris Jericho, just the wrestler saying he's not afraid of the Chris Jericho, just the, or just Chris Jericho, the man, I should say, not the wrestler, but he says he's not afraid of Chris Jericho, the man, but he might be a little nervous for Chris Jericho, the legend. So I love how they was just setting this up for this, um, uh, for this bout. And I loved it, man. They gave it 10 minutes at first. At first, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I thought maybe he would get the pin, but it, it was cool. That Jungle Boy would? Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. he would get a pin, like a quick pin, like a quick roll-up, small I was package. hoping for that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, really I was, was cool. If if Jericho would have lost and then do his regular temper tantrum, <laughs> I would have been fine with that. You know, he slipped on banana peels. So what? You know, it happens. You know, because it wasn't for the title. It's just see if he can, you know, go 10 minutes. And uh, I, I love that match, man. It it was good. It gave Jungle Boy the the kudos. It showed him in a, in a in a new line of light that he can handle the big stage with Chris Jericho. So I love everything about that match, man. And then shout out to Chris Jericho again, you know, how uh, I loved towards the end that, you know, he didn't tap out. And then Jericho thought he still won. And then he's getting his belt. He's getting ready to to leave. No, no, he's not getting ready to leave. He goes in the corner to the to to the ring bell. And he says, have another five minutes. Have another five minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I'm thinking it's going to go five minutes. And then I guess he just couldn't pin him. So he just yeah. left. Took yeah. his belt and he's getting ready to leave. And we we're doing a commercial. I'm like, oh, my God. Only Chris Jericho would do that, man. Because he's just doing this little baby crying, throwing a temper tantrum. So I love everything about that. Yeah, man, it, Chris Jericho, um, big, big shout out to Chris Jericho for the work that he's been doing with AEW because I, he, he is doing a lot of work to put over a lot of new young talent. Yes, that's he's Darby Allen. He had a match with him. Um, he had this match with Jungle Boy. He had a match with uh, with with Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's trying to build up Sammy Guevara. Um, you know, he's just working with all these guys, these these guys that, you know, the casual fans would not know and trying to really build everybody up and, and you know, just playing that heel character so well to really make these these heroes look like superstars. Um, and I, I just really appreciate the work that he's doing as a heel to, to again, build up and, and get these guys over. So and with Jungle Boy this week, you know, it was more of that. Like he, you know, was he made Jungle Boy look great. You know, Jungle Boy, he's got he's 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 somewhat green still, but seeing him with Jericho, it made it made sense that he was doing what he was doing to Chris Jericho. That you know he was he was putting on the offense to Chris Jericho, and um, you know seeing his resilience and taking yeah. the the lion tamer, you know, and just hanging in there for those last couple seconds. I was rooting hard for Jer- for Jungle Boy, just like the rest of the crowd was. Like, don't for tap, him, don't it, tap, don't tap. Yeah, I want him to make it. I would have. It would have been disappointing if he would have tapped out like the last, the last seconds. second, which I thought it could happen. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was anticipating that, but when he made it, I'm like, okay, there you go. You know, like if this were WWE, he would have tapped. You know, but in AEW, they're they're, you know, they're doing a good job of of trying to really put over some of these new guys. Um, so I really like that. I really appreciate that. Um, and like you said, when he said add five more minutes, uh, Chris Jericho just actually ended up leaving and, and was like, <laughs> nope, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, you know, like, <laughs> and the crowd uh, like, what? Man. It was cool. Like, it was just, yeah. just 
great. I feel like he's he's a true genius in that ring. You know, just knowing like how to push the right buttons with the fans during these matches. Um, I think was was uh, his Jungle Boy's family the ones that they kept focusing on in that uh, on the yeah. Spot I believe there? that was his sister, his mom, and his grandma. Okay, okay, because they kept showing her showing them. And then uh, even Chris Jericho, I think maybe it was when it was in picture in picture, he went over to them uh, after the matchup and was like talking to them and yelling at them. He was going around the ring when he was having his temper tantrum and, you know, interacting with the crowd again, you know, like flexing to show people like, yeah, look at that muscle. And, you know, people flicking him off like, I don't know, Chris Jericho is just doing some great work right now. So I'm, I'm I was really just entertained by the matchup. And yeah, great job by Jungle Boy, too. I just I really had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and I like Chris Jericho uh, promo when towards the well, it was at the end with Tony Schiavone when he uh, he was uh, addressing John Moxley. He was man, this dude is rolling out the red carpet for this man yeah. to join, uh, you know, inner circle. So he's like, I, you know, talk it over with your beautiful wife. I met your mom. I was like, oh wow. I was like, she she's nice. She's lovely. I was like, man, this dude is just breaking up. You know. Rolling out the red carpet, just showing this man everything for him to join Inner Circle. So I think that's a nice element, you know, a nice uh, sub story for for Chris Jericho and John Moxley. Yeah, I, I like. I think that's the best potential story they've got mm-hmm. going on right now for sure. Is is well, I would say that in the 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 uh, Cody MJF storyline are the two best ones. But you know, there's a nice slow buildup that they have going on between Jericho and Moxley, and like you said, they're rolling out the red carpet. I don't think anybody believes that that's actually going to happen. That John is going to actually join the inner circle, but I like that they're taking their time with it and making us kind of you know wait and and see you know what's going to happen. Um, so I, I really did appreciate that promo too, and really enjoyed that as well. Um, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun uh, fun episode. I think they'll probably let us know on that episode on the first what, which way John Moxley's gonna go. But I think I'm I'm fully anticipating that he's he's gonna say no, and that's gonna lead to our matchup at uh, you know hopefully at this uh, this Revolution uh, pay per view that they're gonna have coming up pretty soon. Um, I don't know, we'll see. But I guess that's. So kind of a nitpick also, too, that I was talking about was, like, the buildups to some of these pay-per-views. Like, I feel like I'm not usually anticipating the pay-per-views as much as I am just the the actual shows and the storylines that they have going on in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, AEW, they, they don't have the pay-per-views as frequently as WWE. No. Which, in a way, it makes the pay-per-view seem a little bit more special but I think storylines seem to kind of like, like so someone made a comment. I was talking to, to some people about this, actually, and they were saying that it seems like the storylines are going very quickly that, mm. you know, Cody. Well, not Cody, that um, like, for instance, Jericho and Darby Allen, like they they set up that matchup. Darby Allen won the number one contendership and then they went against each other for the title immediately on the next episode of AEW and then that was done. And then uh, you know, Jericho has gone against a couple other people too for the title and it just seems like it's been one and done. And and there that was being put as a negative. And I didn't really think of it that way that oh that could be bad that or someone could see that and and not appreciate that and and be like oh man i wish they would kind of like take their time with telling that story yeah you know 
But I see, I, but I get it too, because to see Darby, you know, have a longer storyline with Jericho leading up to that matchup, I think could have been interesting. Um, same thing with Scorpio Sky and Jericho and having that build up Hell, for a Even long. Cody Rhodes, man, because he's doing something with MJF, but all of a sudden he gets attacked by the Blade, the Butcher, the Bunny. Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of like rolling through these stories and just kind of not sticking with one for, for a longer period of time. Um, but then also, too, though, the John Moxley Jericho thing, I feel like that is kind of a slow burn storyline. They have been dragging that out a little bit. So we'll see how they do with this. And, and hopefully it's not just like January 1st is done and they, you know, they fight. They have a <laughs> matchup right then and there. I doubt it. You know, if anything, I feel like they're he's just going to give him his answer. And then in the, in the next week or a couple weeks from that, you know, they'll they'll announce a title match between the two. And then we'll we'll slowly get to that championship matchup there. So I think that one because they know those two guys are, are I mean, Jericho and Moxley big name guys you're gonna want to really build that up um i think these other storylines like the darby allen one it was short because darby is not yet a you know a known no name um but i I have a feeling that like the the fans love him you know even when the camera pans to the crowd you see kids you know like actually they, they show kids there with with the face paint of Dar- Darby Allen, so you know they're Darby Allen fans. So I'm like, he's I think he's 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 gonna get there. Yeah, yeah, I, and I do too. I think that a lot of these guys are gonna get there. It's just they didn't give as much time to that storyline, and that tells me that maybe they they just don't see it as being that he's there yet. And you know, with Moxley, I feel like they are definitely gonna build that one up because you know he's he's a superstar already. Um, so yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the next pay-per-view just to see how the build is going to go and how they tell stories leading up to that. But it seems like during these lulls where it's a long time from till the pay-per-view, the storylines do seem like they're kind of like, okay, it's this week. We're going to have a number one contendership matchup next week. We have the championship match. Cool. That's done. The next week, another number one contendership matchup and then a championship. It's like, it's, it's like one after another like that. It's interesting, but it's also like. I, I'm. I am craving some a longer story, story some substance. Let's, yeah, you know, let's just slow this down a bit, just a little bit, just a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah, let's dial it back. <laughs> <laughs> like we got time. You guys are not doing like every month. It's a pay per view, right? You know, not like WWE. Like they got to fast track a lot of shit. But here, you have the opportunity to take your time. I don't know why they're just trying to. You know, make it fast, you know, just fast pacing these storylines, because to me, it doesn't even make sense when you're, you know, it seems like you're doing a pay-per-view like every three months or so. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Now, we I've been mentioning Darby Allen. I don't want to skip the fact that he did have a matchup here with Cody Rhodes against the Butcher, the Blade with the Bunny it, it, in the corner of that tag team. Um, and they ended up winning that matchup. So I just want to mention that there's not really much to say when it comes to the match itself. I mean, it was a solid match. Still don't really know the butcher and the blade. You know, they they look good in the ring, but you know, I I don't I don't care yet about that team to say you know, I, oh yeah, I was really interested in that matchup. Um, but the Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen side was pretty cool, and they kind of just threw out this stipulation uh, during commentary that oh, if Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen won, that Darby wanted. A, a rematch against Cody, so from fight for the fallen, right? Mm-hmm. 
because um, they had a, a time limit draw, and so you know, I guess Darby Allen wants to wants to get a rematch to to prove that he can he can beat Cody Rhodes. Um, oh, but, by the way, shout out to Jim Ross getting confused about the blade and the butcher. You know, oh yeah, they had their names right on their asses. He, he yeah, pointed yeah. that out like I should see that here. They got their names, got the blade right on his ass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was real honest about he that. Was, yeah. He was, man. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just read it off their ass. <laughs> oh man, that was pretty funny. Yeah. By the way, the blade is actually he used to work. Uh, he had a short stint under Impact Wrestling. Okay. Yeah, he used to go by Braxton Sutter, and uh, he was involved, and he had like a major angle with his wife Allie, who who is the bunny. So that's actually his wife. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's just to show you like who watches Impact Wrestling. Now. I was gonna say, like, that's I why see. they didn't get a response. Yeah, you you just can't assume that people are following what's going on on the indie scene to to know who these guys are. Like, just. You got to introduce them, and and even the way that they're introducing this team, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny, it, it's it's fine, you know. But the enthusiasm that was shown for them in in their entrance, and then we we <laughs> just we don't know who the hell they are. It just kind of didn't fit. Like, why is this? Oh so man, so. I'm glad you know Jim Ross didn't like play it off like he knew them. Yeah. You know, when Excalibur was, when they first debuted and Excalibur yeah. was on the side, it's the Blade, the Butcher, it's the Bunny. He was like, who? Who are these eyes? He even told his buddy, he was like, who? Right. <laughs> you got to like, explain yourself, man. Where are they from? <laughs> like, who, what are they all about? You know? And then come to find out, too, that, I, you know, here we go again. They just assume that people watch like AEW Dark or just behind the scenes that, Brandy Rose had actually an on and off feud with with Allie in AEW. I'll see. Yeah, yeah, that too. I'm like, how are we? Yeah, if we're not following what's going on on and all the different platforms that they're showing the stuff on, like, there's no way. There's no way that you would just know that. So, yeah, it's um, there's some work to do there. There's some work to do there for sure. But I also, I mean, it does make me want to want to be following these things a little bit more, you know, just being the fan that I am, but yeah. you can't expect everybody to be that way. Exactly, man. What what do you think about like your thoughts on the blade, the butcher, the bu- well, primarily on the blade and the butcher? I think they they they're intense and, you know, I think it could be cool. You know, I feel like I just want to know them more. I just want to know more yeah. about them. That's it, you know? Like I don't really have many much to say about the how I feel about them because I just feel like I don't know them, you know. And and if I had seen them in Impact, and you know, I, I'd be more excited about it. It'd be like if a team from you know WWE went to to AEW, and we had that history and that knowledge of who they are. I'd be like, oh man, yeah, this is a big deal, you know. Like kind of like back in the day when uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash jumped to WCW. You know, it was a big deal because everybody was like, wow, you know, Razor Ramon and Diesel, holy shit, you know. And that, I feel like that's that's how this was supposed to be in a way that, you know, these are two, you know, named guys, the Butcher and the Blade. But <laughs> it's, I'm it's like, who, what? Yeah. What is this? It was so, just yeah. crickets out there. I was the, yeah. the, the crowd was quiet. JR confused. Tony Giovanni trying to figure out what's going on. It was just yeah. uh, just very confusing. You know, yeah, because I would just like to know more about them. Uh, you know, the blade and the butcher. They're 
I can tell you this, they're not a couple of young fellas. Like the butcher, right. like he's up there in age. I wonder just how old is he? Because he's like he's in in his mid forties. Like for real, I'm like okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how how they they continue to develop them. But let's move to the main event. So the tag team championship matchup: SCU versus the Young Bucks. Um, I was, I don't know. I I wasn't. I almost wanted to say I was surprised that SCU won this matchup, but I don't know. I just I don't know how I feel about them winning this matchup. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it. it kind of I wasn't surprised because it was for the tag team championship, right? Yeah, it was. It was for the titles, but I don't know. I just I guess maybe I'm just tired of them being tag team. I don't know. <laughs> you have yeah. I think I think because you, you don't like SCU. No. <laughs> I like Scorpio Sky. I actually, yeah, Scorpio I like Sky is him. cool. I want to see him in singles, you know, and like do stuff. But you know, the the team SCU for the tag division, I feel like, is the wrong team for the division to be the champions right now. I feel like they shouldn't be. Champions. You just want Lucha like Bros to be champs. Lucha Brothers should be champion. I would even take the Young Bucks as champion and kind of like you know defending against some of these other young tag teams, you know, Private Party and some of these other teams or Dark Order even, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But yeah, SCU just feels like. They're just there. I don't know. You know what? I expected SCU to win because I'm, you know, I'm starting to follow the AEW uh, formula, just like how you got WWE fifty fifty logic booking, how they do, how you how you can just follow certain matches. Uh, so I kind of figured like they they still feel newest champs and not going to take it off, and, that, and it feels like that's not AEW style. Like they they want to build these. They want to build SCU. They want to uh, build them as champions so they can really make them titles feel important. Yeah, I, I can see that. I see that. I mean, it is good to to do that with any champion to really establish them and make them feel like you know they're they're big time by having them win and have you know put together a string of wins and really you know make the title seem prestigious in that way. So I do respect that. Um, so it is what it is, and you're right. Like this, this win was good for that purpose to build up the championships. Um, I'm just, I, I kind of just want to fast forward to where you know we we have properly built up those titles, and then we get the belts on on a new team that can then make these tag matches just feel more exciting. I just feel myself kind of tuning out the the matches that SCU is in. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited always when I see the Lucha Brothers and when I see, you know, Private Party, even the Young Bucks, you know, like um, Proud and Powerful. There's all these other yeah. tag teams that are so exciting right now. And none of them are champion. And the one tag team that I'm not really into are the ones with the belts. I'm just like, it just seems backwards to me. I don't know. I felt like that promo the Young Bucks did, you know, just giving a background story about, you know, they'd been on this yeah. downward path and like, hey, like SCU were actually, you know, good friends with them. They're gonna be over our house for Christmas for for Christmas. So I didn't even know they had like a history with them and I thought that was a cool element that they're actually facing like, you know, some of their best friends. And with that story it actually got me to get more invested into that match, actually. If if that wasn't if I didn't see that promo, maybe I could feel like somewhat like how you feel. Like I I really don't care. Let's just fast track this. But seeing that element from the Young Bucks showing a little history about what they have for SCU, that actually helped. 
Yeah, I think um, promos like that, you know, like uh, just just from uh, with SCU and how they were, you know, basically talking about their relationship with the Young Bucks. Like it's 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 good. It, it helped to to add another element to the to the whole matchup and the storyline and kind of make it a little bit different style of, of fight. You know, usually it's between two teams that don't like each other, but this is more of like, you know, there is a mutual respect. Um, it, it helps to build up SCU in a, in a way. And like we talk about with certain other superstars, how we want to know more about them um, individually. Or, you know, like um, we talked about Riho and wanting to know more about her as champion, right? I think this kind of a uh, promo from the, the Bucks to talk about SCU kind of helps shine a light on SCU a little bit and, and make us just care about them as well as the Young Bucks a little bit more, just to know that there's that mutual respect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I do. I did appreciate that. Um, you know, just overall, I feel like, you know, with uh, with SCU that as a team, you know, it more it's more Christopher, it's more Christopher Daniels and Kazarian that those two guys. I'm just even though it, it's they're they're trying to do things here and there to make me care about them individually. Like, I feel like it's just past their time, you know, and, and for me, like Scorpio, you know, like uh, Sky, like he's he feels like, OK, his time is now. Um, I think private party, for instance, I feel like their time is, is, is coming. If not, if not now, um, you know, Lucha brothers, definitely their time is now their time is now. Like you got to strike with irons hot dude. Everybody's all, all into them right now, man. Like this is a great time to just go right into them, give them those titles and let them have a nice long run. And really you could make those, those tag team championships look really big and really special by putting it on that team. Um, so that's just where I'm at with it. But overall, like, I think let's say, you know, this stretches for a couple more months. Um, and then the Lucha brothers won the titles eventually off of SEU. I think it'll still be, it'll be still a good move at that point too. And maybe even a bigger deal, you know, if they, if they win it later, you know, it just depends. I guess my fear comes from the whole WWE thing of like them just waiting too long to to do things like that. Like when something's hot, WWE usually doesn't jump right on it and, That's and right. capitalize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want AEW to do that with the Lucha Brothers. So, you know, hopefully hopefully it doesn't feel that way when the Lucha Brothers finally do get those titles. Yeah, man. Definitely strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Lucha Bros are hot, man. Crowd is hot for them. Yeah. Like let's, I, I think they, I think if they was the champs, it would be a different story for the tag team champion, uh, yeah. championship or just tag team division. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So now let's talk about after the matchup. Okay, so we we've talked about the dark order and just the the mutual um, respect and and just how we're just so entertained by by them and we're we're all about the promos and the the videos about you know people who are losers joining the dark order well we we had that payoff uh here you know the dark order showed up at the end um uh what's his name uno uh what's what's his evil uno and Stu uno. grayson there you go, both of those guys. Mm-hmm. They uh, they showed up and the creepers. You know, yeah, they they said usually we're here to uh, recruit you know teams, but this is an an initiation, and so you know they called the creepers out to go and basically handle um, the uh, the young bucks, you know after their loss, and so they got jumped by the creepers, and then you had um, uh, uh, Dustin 
uh, Rhodes out there. You had um, who else was out there? Cody Rhodes. It was Cody. Yeah, Cody, yep. that, Kenny Omega was out there. Yeah, Kenny Omega showed up. Cody. Yep. And they they all just got beaten down basically by by the Dark Order, um, which was a pretty cool visual to see. Like that the the you know reach of the Dark Order, the amount of members that they're having, and then a couple of people from the video, a couple of wrestlers from the videos were there. And and you know they were took part and then they got their masks officially to make yep. them a part of the dark. I order. believe their names was like Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I think you yes see the yeah the the Beaver Boy Beaver Boys I think is their the team name for those guys that I'm seeing here. Yeah, I never heard of their tag team name. They always went by their names. Their names, the individual okay. names. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm yeah I'm seeing it here is the. Yeah, among them were the Beaver Boys. Yep, yeah, dressed as creepers. Yeah, but then they were unmasked at the time, and then after the they did the beatdown, that was their initiation, and so they got their masks, and now they're officially uh, one with uh, Dark Order. So yeah, it was. Um, I, I'm just enjoying the whole Dark Order thing. We talked about it. There's a lot of people yeah. that are not all about this thing, but <laughs> I really enjoy it. I, I don't care. You know, it's it's the video packages especially oh, have man. been really strong. Yes. They've been doing some they real have. great work with that. I like the ones when they actually had the wrestlers, uh, John Silver and Alex Renner. I think they were in the hotel, and it was like a, he was looking to look for like a, a movie or something. Then the infomercial popped up. And it said, are you tired of being a jobber? He was like, what? I was like, and I was kind of shocked by that because you don't hear that term, that wrestling term, jobber. Right. You know, and they, for me to hear that, I was like, oh, wow, they actually called a wrestler a jobber? That's That was uh, actually insane. I was like, okay. And that actually made it more intriguing uh, for, for their characters, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, just... The whole concept of, you know, taking people, taking wrestlers who are have been losing, who have been struggling and then pre- preying on their their uh, the weaknesses or they're just like them not wanting to lose anymore and, and using that to inspire them to join the Dark Order. It's smart. You know, I think it's a it's a from a story perspective, it's it's like whoever is coming up with that storyline. I think they're doing a great job of just like using they're actually like win loss records against them to say, hey, you know, you you're not doing so great. You need us. And and um, I like that. I like that. I just like the story a lot. It's very entertaining. And like I said, those video packages are just so oh, yeah. well done. The production um, uh, value on those are. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is, it's been real sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, the beatdown, the beatdown to me was OK. It was mm-hmm. little it was little botches here and there from the yeah. creepers, especially I think it was a dude on Dustin. And he was hitting him in the face, but he was nowhere near his face. Like, it had to be at least a foot away. And you can clearly see it. And you see Dustin reacting to him. I'm like, bro, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Say something to him. Like, hey, man, get closer or something. <laughs> you know? I'm not going to shit all over it. But, you know, it's just something they could just clean up, though. You know, because it's your... It's your closing segment, so you yeah. don't want your casual fans or just fans to see that see that lasting image right there. That's true. I mean, I've kind of skipped over the fact that there, it seemed like on this night there were a bunch of botches in other matches too. Overall, like AEW, um, you know, I, I think the the smoothness of their matches recently has not been been there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with the Cody Darby Allen matchup, there were a couple of botches there. 
Um, sometimes in these women's matchups, you'll see like a bunch of botches in there too now. Yeah. Um, I, I just kind of, I, I don't know, maybe I was just so numb to it having seen a bunch of botches earlier that it didn't really, I didn't even want to bring it up to or even yeah. like acknowledge it much when it was happening during the, the Dark Order segment. Botches are just the AEW thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I almost kind of accept it at this point. Like it's it's bound. Yeah, take happen. the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but but well, well taken. They 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 that is something that they they do need to look at and and uh, do better with. Yeah. But uh, yeah, overall though, I am loving the attention that the Dark Order is getting. Much of dis- the dismay oh, of many hands online. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Have you went on their website? Joined the Dark Order dot dot com no i haven't bro go on there and it's like a recruitment page it's like join us your path to enlightenment begins here if you are uh interested in becoming part of the dark order send us your information and we will provide you further instructions so you can put your name email phone number birthday your twitter handler and it says tell us your story oh jesus Well, I'm not going, going that all in on this, bro. They're going all in. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to put in my info <laughs> to, to see, you know, where I just might goes. do that. I'm not going to put in my legit info, but okay. just to see what I would get, what, like, what, what's the email they're going to send me? Right. Like, are they going to send me an infomercial with my, like, including my name or something like that? I don't know. Dude, do it and then let us know and we'll do an update on the show. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, more updates to come on that on Devin's experience with joining uh, the Dark Order. <laughs> Following that week to week. If you notice certain goes. changes in my personality, then you know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that pretty much sums up AEW for this week. Um, entertaining show overall. Any last thoughts before we call it an episode? Uh, just a great show. Uh, definitely enjoyed the Dark Order. You know, definitely they was putting putting their Dark Order footprint throughout the whole show. So enjoyed that. I liked the Cody Rhodes and Darby Island uh, tag team chemistry. That was cool. And so yeah, man, it was overall a great show. Awesome, awesome. Very, very good show. Just really enjoyed it, man. Well said overall, so we'll leave it at that. All right, so that is going to do it for this recap of AEW Dynamite. So for Devin, this is The Feast. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.